Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's Flower Friday, so it's five percent off for on everything. Oh wow! And anything with a box next to it is available in joint form. All of our pre rolls are half grams, with their prices listed on the front of the box. Every week we have a strain of the week. This week that's blue cheese, and that's going to be ten percent off those listed prices. Welcome to Range, stories of the new American West. I'm Amy Westervelt. And I'm Julia Ritchie. You just heard a bud tender inside one of Oregon's legalized recreational marijuana dispensaries. And what were you doing at a dispensary, Julia? Oh, you know, just doing some light research. (laughs) In fact, four states and the District of Columbia have legalized recreational weed. But even more, 23 states have okayed medical marijuana, with California being the earliest trailblazer. Although I'm a little disappointed they haven't quite gotten to the recreational stage yet. And literally every other week, you or I get a press release in our inbox about a new dispensary or edible company coming online somewhere in the West. That is not an exaggeration. Pot tourism is also booming with people traveling to look for alternative forms of treatment and even to get trained on things like weed farming and trimming and all that kind of stuff. Or for recreational purposes, there's a small but growing number of weed spas in Colorado that offer cannabis-infused massages and hash baths. As an East Coaster, I'm sort of fascinated by this Western-led movement for legalization. It's why when I was visiting Bend, Oregon for New Year's, I stopped into a dispensary with my ex-boyfriend, now friend, Philip. Uh, what? I'll tell you about it some other time. (laughs) these uh like the labeling yeah so up up here we're gonna have the strain name underneath we'll have the genetics so these are all the strains that make up this one and then how sativa dominant it is so each one will have like a different ratio based on like where it's at in the spectrum who it's grown by and then these are the different cannabinoids so um those are going to be the active um, components of cannabis. So THC is the ones responsible for the high psychoactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. CBD is the one more medicinally okay. useful um, for all these different, all these different things. And then you have CBG, CBC, and it just yeah. goes on. There's okay. over 200, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're like just now starting to learn. So we put some of them up there. The CBG we include um, because it's really great for stomach pain and nausea. What's it like inside a dispensary? It's basically like going into a chiropractor's office. You usually have a little lobby where you sign in and show your ID. And keep in mind, in states like Nevada, which only has legalized medical use, you have to have a cannabis card issued to you by the state as well. Yeah, in California, it's even more complicated. I think there's county cards and state cards. Exactly. It's a medical. Yeah, yeah, it's a patchwork of regulations right now. Um, But then you go back to the back and there's like this jewelry case with weed in it. That sounds really beautiful. It kind of is. Uh, <laughs> there's merch like trucker hats and edibles and refrigerated cases and lots of glass bongs for sale. And it's pretty much the same whether you're in a medical or recreational dispensary. 
That's interesting. So is there any kind of a divide between the medical people and the recreational folks? Actually, yes. Uh, A lot of the proponents of medical marijuana that I've interviewed consider themselves healers and medical practitioners. They don't judge recreational use, but they want to make it clear that what they do is an actual therapy. Which is why we wanted to share the story of one woman, Eva Grossman, who with her husband Jeff completely left their jobs and everything behind in Florida to get involved with Nevada's industry. They run Reno's first seed-to-sale dispensary called Sierra Wellness. Well, I used to be an athlete um, and a trainer, and uh, fitness and athletics were a huge part of my life. And I had a lot of injuries because of that, uh, overuse injuries, back injuries. And so for a long time, um, I was trying to manage those with uh, different uh types of injections, steroid injections. I had like eight RFA ablations, uh, some epidural injections, um, mostly back issues, herniated discs and and things like that, uh, spinal stenosis and um, degenerative disc disease and some other issues. Um, Throughout that process, though, my back started to hurt a lot worse. Uh, Eventually, they decided to do another MRI and then they found a very large tumor, uh, you know, a little bit larger than a grapefruit. Uh, and it ended up being an intrauterine tumor. So it had to come out uh, right away. And unfortunately, during the surgery to remove the tumor, I woke up <laughs> and uh, and some insanity ensued. Uh, you know, I flailed around and I kicked the doctor who uh, fell over and landed on the pedal that was connected to the cauterizing equipment, which uh, ended up, uh, long story short, I ended up being electrocuted and uh, permanently injured on most of the right half of my my body and the trunk area of my body. And I have a little bit of uh, shrapnel, some pieces of metal there, and a lot of... um, Uh, scar tissue, nerve damage, and just basic burn injuries. So after that happened, it took me quite some time to recover. Holy shit, that is harrowing. Yeah, Eva says she spent years bedridden and working from home. And the only thing that helped was marijuana. I mean, I'll be honest, cannabis isn't, wasn't totally new to me. It was definitely something that I'd heard of and, and knew about. And, I, and I'll say that it was even surprising to me uh, how much it helped with this tough kind of pain that uh, that nothing else was helping with. Um, you know, I tried uh, every type of option available to me from, of course, the narcotic pain medication to acupuncture, all types of holistic uh, integrative therapies. Um, and then uh, it, it, this was the best and, and most helpful thing for me. So how did she decide to go from using marijuana to selling it? Eva's husband, Jeff, who's the cultivation manager at Sierra Wellness, had this friend, Morgan Carr, who runs a couple of well-known dispensaries in Colorado. He started to talk to them about possibly opening one in Nevada. We wanted Morgan's advice uh, for a, a particular job I was pursuing. And long story short, it turned out that Morgan was uh, going to be uh, pursuing this option of opening the uh, of cultivation facilities here in Reno and Carson City. So uh, he he offered us the opportunity to, to apply for the positions, and we did, and it, that's where we ended up here. And so uh, it was really a wonderful kind of a kismet, uh, meant-to-be situation. How did her family feel about that? She has kind of a funny story about that. Coming from a family of all attorneys, <laughs> my dad's an attorney, my brother, my sister-in-law, uh, both my grandparents. So everybody, you know, it, it was it was very hard to uh 
to feel like a criminal um, and to and to have to to do things that I knew were right, but a society frowned upon. So you say she's running Sierra Wellness, but don't dispensaries cost a lot of money to start? They do. And behind every Sierra Wellness or Purple Heart Practitioners, I swear that's a real name of a dispensary, (laughs) you'll mostly find a group of very wealthy, mostly male investors. Sierra Wellness has plenty of those investors and a board with several prominent Northern Nevada businessmen on it. Like, for example, this guy. My name is Joe Crowley, and I am a member of the governing board of Sierra Wellness Connection, uh, where I serve also as a spokesman. Crowley served as the president of the University of Nevada, Reno for 23 years, from 1978 to 2001. There's a giant student union with his name on it on campus, and he still sits on pretty much every community board you can think of. When the newspaper wrote Crowley to open one of Reno's first pot shops, needless to say, it turned a lot of heads. But just like Eva, Crowley has his own personal reasons for becoming an advocate for medical marijuana. Uh, I had an older brother who uh, died, was ill for 31 years and died of multiple sclerosis. And my older sister, who who has had, uh, I think it's 13 (laughs) major surgeries, and lives with pain, uh, and and the usual painkillers. I mean, she wouldn't get close to opioids, uh, and no one should, in my opinion. He says he got a little flack, but was more surprised by how many people came up to him and thanked him for helping to destigmatize the herb. And then I read a lot more about other uh, illnesses or symptoms of those illnesses that uh, medical marijuana can deal with helpfully, uh, based on the. Uh, on the research that's uh, that's happened, the the powers that be in Washington have not allowed uh, any research uh, that would uh, identify some good parts of marijuana because it is on the the criminal schedule, which is ridiculous. If you read about its ancient history, it it may be the oldest medicine in the world. That said, he's not fully on board with legalizing recreational use, which will be on the Nevada ballot next year, as it will be in at least a half dozen other states. That's interesting what he says about opiates. I actually just read a a survey the other day where they had interviewed a few hundred veterans about PTSD, what they had taken for it and how those things had worked. And it was like a crazy 90 percent or more had said that what they were prescribed, which was a range of, of narcotics, basically, either didn't work at all or made their symptoms worse, but they almost all of them said that medical marijuana had worked for them at least a little bit. And Eva says she has stories like that every day of people walking into the dispensary and trying to get themselves off of opiates. Yeah, it's weird how people think that like, you know, Oxycontin's fine, but weed, no. Yeah, (laughs) that is weird. Now, we know there are some listeners out there who may still struggle with the concept of decriminalization. I mean, for years, our government and school systems instilled fear in us with programs like D.A.R.E. Hi, I'm Serena Williams, and I want to talk to you about believing in yourself, about your dreams, and about how D.A.R.E. can help you make your dreams come true. I graduated from the D.A.R.E. program. Okay, I have to admit, I was actually the D.A.R.E. officer at my school. (laughs) Oh, look how far you've come. I know, I know. (laughs) But like any medicine, it may not be right for everybody. Like Eva says, it's important to educate yourself on the various strains and dosages and consulting with appropriate professionals. 
like you no doubt did while uh, window shopping in Oregon. (laughs) I admit to nothing, but state laws are also an issue, and that's an area many legalization proponents would like to see smoothed out. For every state that's decriminalized medical cannabis, there's a patchwork of laws and regulation that has made it tougher for startups like Sierra Wellness. There are nine states with medical marijuana on their ballots this year, and Arcview Group out of Oakland, which publishes an annual State of the Legalized Industry report, projected growth of 32% in the next year. And what's now an almost $3 billion industry could reach $11 billion in like three to five years. Once again, proving I'm not only in the wrong industry, but in the wrong side of every industry. (laughs) I know, right? Just remember, though, unless you have six or seven figures in your bank account right now, you probably don't have the capital to get in on the action anyway. Bummer. Good news, though. There is an industry, Amy, that you are eminently qualified for (laughs) that is always happy to profit from your skills. It's actually the subject of an upcoming episode in our first season. Of course. How could I forget one of the West's oldest professions? Prostitution. Never a dull moment on the range. (laughs) Speaking of, what are we doing next time? Well, we've only got a few episodes left in season one. Next, we'll hear from a 21st century prospector on turning a lonely mountain range into northern Nevada's best bet for its own dot-com boom. Can't wait. This episode of Range was produced by me, Julia Ritchie. And me, Amy Westervelt, with original music by the talented Mr. David Whited. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing and giving us a review on iTunes. It helps us in the rankings. You can find us on the Stitcher app, too, now. Our partner is High Country News, a magazine focused on Western issues. Check them out at hcn.org. And if you have an idea for a show or want to tell us about your favorite funny cannabis strain name, send us a note at howdy at rangepodcast.org. For more frequent updates on our show, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See you in a few weeks. They do. And behind every Sierra Wellness or I'm sorry, Purple Heart Practitioners. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Okay. Stoner baby liked that one. Shh. Shh. Back to sleep, stoner baby. <laughs> oh, man. Podcasting is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Introducing the science of a podcast hosted by Spreaker from iHeart. This weekly podcast looks at the many sides of the podcasting industry, from success, growth, and technology to the varying challenges we all face. This is one podcast about podcasting you don't want to miss. New episodes launch every Tuesday. Listen to the science of a podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.